When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Batman. You're listening to Voices from the Batcave. It, wait, what? Voice, voices from Krypton? Who cares about Krypton? Really? It says here where we speak superhero. What am I if I'm not a superhero? No, he's not. I firmly disagree. Fine. I'm gonna go call my agent. I'm Ed Gross, and this is Voices from Krypton, the podcast where we speak superhero. And we also happen to be pretty fluent in sci-fi and action. Inclusivity has increasingly become a major component of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's been driven home on the big screen by films like Black Panther and Captain Marvel. And on the small with the Disney Plus series The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and the forthcoming She-Hulk. Now, as the studio continues its journey into Phase 4 of its storytelling, it has placed the Asian community front and center in the form of Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. For the general population, it's likely that Shang-Chi is an unknown quantity, which was actually the case with such previous films as Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man, and to a lesser extent, Doctor Strange and even Iron Man. As such, Shang-Chi is in pretty good company. The character was created by writer Steve Englehart and artist Jim Starlin back in 1973, and for that reason, we've turned to Englehart to discuss the origin of Shang-Chi, the challenges in convincing Marvel Comics that it was a good idea to do, and his feelings about this and other of his creations for Marvel being adapted to the big screen. It should be pointed out that this interview was conducted just prior to the shutdown as a result of the pandemic, so comments on then-upcoming Marvel releases may be out of date. I'd love to get your sense of where we are in the world of movie superheroes right now. I mean, what's your, is it oversaturation? Is it going great? I mean, what's your feeling about the whole superhero thing? I like it. I mean, there are people are starting to do different kinds of superheroes. I'm a huge fan of Watchmen, yeah. uh, you know, um, but I like the Marvel movies. I'm just somebody who goes to the movies like anybody else. I don't uh, they don't consult with us uh, about the films or, you know, bring us in at all. So that's just my my viewers opinion. Absolutely. It's almost like after Endgame, they're doing such a massive reset anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so maybe it is cool that they're cooling it down a little bit, and because they have to introduce now a whole new stream of characters with some returning. But, but well, yeah. they do. But I mean, again, um, you're taking your foot off the brake, off the gas, or yeah. off the. Um, uh, there was, you know, we all built up to this huge excitement for Endgame, and now. You know, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, probably be a good movie, you know. But, I mean, it's it's like here she is before she died. Right. Um, it doesn't build on anything. And the Eternals, uh, you know, I was never a huge fan of the Eternals comic. That doesn't mean that the movie's not going to be any good because the movies are usually pretty good. They usually figure out what they want to do. But I don't know that the Eternals is necessarily going to, like, you know, lead anywhere. They're more, I see them showing up as guest stars in other people's movies down the line or something. I don't know that there would be an Eternals series, but again, I, I could be totally wrong on that. Point being that um, if they're going to build up to the next big thing, 
this isn't it, I don't think, you right. know. I think you would need, you know, uh, some hero, some more direct, more obvious hero movie to kind of keep you going in that direction. And again, I mean, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, not not an obvious hero movie. I mean, you don't have to have exactly. Captain yeah. America out there every three months. But at least DC has finally thrown their hands up and said, all right, screw the Marvel model. Let's just do our own thing. That's well, at least started to happen. Yeah, but they've they've always said that. I mean, I can remember in the 80s before Crisis. I mean, Crisis was when they first did that. And, and they said specifically at that time, we can't out-marvel Marvel, so we're going to go a different direction. So they went dark, and they've been dark ever since. And, yeah. I, and dark is dark is really, I think, worn out its welcome. But, you know, when they didn't go, I mean, when the movies didn't go dark, when they did Wonder Woman, everybody said, whoa, we like this. Mm-hmm. At Aquaman, people said, oh, we like this. And Shazam on a smaller yeah. level, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I you know... DC's been been proclaiming itself the non-Marvel for a long time, and and it, you know, it gets them mentioned in the New York Times, but it doesn't necessarily translate into into comic material that people really want to watch. So, yeah. no, absolutely, you know, that's you asked me my opinion. Absolutely. Well, you know, in talking about Marvel re sort of starting over, not starting over, but relaunching now with new characters and people we haven't seen before. Of course, Shang-Chi falls into that. Yes. And uh, I know, I guess you knew that. Uh, First of all, what do you think the appeal of that character as a movie hero could be? Oh, I think it'll be, I think it'll be huge for a couple of reasons. One, it's a fabulous character, if I may say. But, but uh, beyond that, before there was such a movie, I was thinking about such a movie and, and my idea is the same idea that they came up with. They didn't get it from me, but uh, but again, I think it's a genius idea. You've got the entire Marvel superhero Western American version of things that we all know, and you've got the entire Chinese flying dragon, singing ghost thing, which is huge over there and has been for a long time. And if you marry those two, you get the best of both worlds. And I think it opens up a whole new um, aspect for the Marvel movies, but also just makes it, you know, I would think box office gold. Um, So I would expect, you know, and, and now tangentially everybody involved with it is, is Asian, which, you know, was basically caused by the black Panther with, with everybody being black. Sure. You know, but I mean, it, it, I, pretty sure that was a commercial concept when they first said oh yeah we need to do an asian one but um i i think it's you know and again all i know is what i read in the papers but everything i hear is that you know it's it's right on track to be exactly what i would want it to be right and 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 um uh i think it's i think that's i think people are going to find that to be really interesting to see a a superhero a recognizable sort of superhero archetype in a fully formed but different reality um i mean we got dr strange coming along and he's going to be in a different reality as well so i think that i mean they seem to be pretty good now at finding ways not to just do you know captain america four times a year but to find different ways to uh to uh to go forward with this 
I again, the only guess I guess the only thing I would say is go back to what we were talking about before. I don't know that Shang Chi is is the basis for a new Avengers either. You know, I mean, I'm I'm in favor of going off in all directions, but I'm in favor of of doing keeping to a schedule on movies because because apparently because of all this. Ant-Man is done and I'm I don't want Ant-Man to be done. I'd like to see more Ant-Man, you know. Right. Uh, I liked all that stuff. Um so if you're going to I mean you can't do Captain America and Iron Man anymore at least with the way they were doing it. But I'm I'm sorry to see some characters get tossed to the wayside and again, I'm not I mean I really don't know and and am having a hard time imagine who the next Avengers are going to be. I mean, we know who some of them are, but I mean, when they try to build this out and 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 come up with um, you know a roster that will bring everybody into the theater, uh, again, I, I I have pretty good faith in their ability to to have figured that out. But I don't know what it would be, sure. and I'm not seeing not seeing what it would be, and we're not going to see it for a while. Apparently. No, absolutely. So, uh, so, I mean, I I also wonder if it just just occurs to me, you know, when Iron Man came out in two thousand eight, nobody really knew that much or cared that much about Iron Man. And of course, right. do you think Shang Chi could be in a similar position? Like nobody knows who this guy is, but if the movie is really effective, this guy could really take off. Oh, I think so. No, I mean, again, I would I would liken it. I think you're right about Iron Man at the time, and I would liken it to to Star Lord. You know, I mean, it's like. I mean, people really didn't know who Star-Lord was, right. um, but they liked the guy on the screen. And I think that will be the same for, for Shang-Chi. And again, I think there's a tremendous upside to, you know, I mean, the Asian market. How You know, what's wrong with that? Um, uh, so, I mean, assuming that that the movie's well done and that the, the lead character is charismatic and all that good stuff, I don't, I'm, I don't think people just need to have Captain America, Iron Man, you know, the vision, the witch, you know, there's plenty of room for all the different people, but in terms of building an Avengers, you kind of need the people I just mentioned and, and, or, you know, others of, of similar stature. Um, there was, uh, you know, I'm just free associating here now, but I'm remembering when, you know, Stan and Jack launched the Avengers and, and after 18 issues, they threw out all the big names and brought in, you know, all these unknown third rank, people but they pulled it off right because it became a different book it was about captain america teaching the scarlet witch and hawkeye how to how to live up to the ideals that was a storyline that was a good storyline you know i mean so maybe that's what's going to happen i'm not sure then who would be the teacher in this case i you know i i just i'm i'm just not clear on where they're going but i assume they're going there you know no absolutely Absolutely. And that, and that's the thing I'm imagining, like, you know, you're saying free association in my head just now, as we were talking, popped into my head with Shang-Chi, Black Panther, Thor, Spider-Man, because they still have Spider-Man for a while uh, mm. for another film. That's actually an interesting core of characters. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean any, any group of characters is interesting. I, you know, I mean, I wrote a lot of groups and, yeah. and I, you know, there were times when there were characters that I didn't think too much of, but I, you know, I put in my energy to try to figure out what would make them interesting. Um, and I, I, again, that seems to be exactly what, what Kevin Feige's doing. But, um, I mean, if you, if you rolled out a movie, 
I mean, you could do it. You could do a really good movie with the people you just mentioned. But when you, if you rolled it out and said, "Hey, here's the new Avengers," I'm not sure that that would, you know, work with a mass audience. Could be. It depends on how they build it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe if they build it, they will come. Who knows? <laughs> but well, I, well yeah. you know. But so, as far as Shang Chi is concerned, let's go back to those years ago in the '70s when Shang Chi first came into existence. Sure. What, you know, how did, how did it come about? I mean, how did this guy come into existence? Well, it's a, this is a reasonably well-known story. Um, there's no trick to it. Um, we were having a party <laughs> at my place okay. and it got to be dinner time. And we all said, let's go somewhere and get something to eat. And there was a guy named Steve Harper, who was a, an aspiring artist at the time in comics who said, you guys go ahead, I'm going to stay here and watch this new TV show that's on. And we said, what could be that interesting about this show? So we decided to stick around and watch it too. And it was the second of the three intro episodes to the TV show Kung Fu. Um, They ran it out as three episodes to see if anybody cared. And when they did, then it turned into a series later on. So Starlin and I, Jim Starlin and I uh, really liked what we were looking at and said, you know, we want to, we want to play in that same ballpark. Um, I was interested primarily in the, in the philosophy. Um, I was writing Dr. Strange and was immersing myself in Western mysticism. And I thought immersing myself in Eastern mysticism slash philosophy would be interesting for me and it would be different from strange. And so it would be some adjunct, to the Marvel Universe and, and all that good stuff. Starlin, I think, was interested in both the philosophy and the, you know, the martial arts, because he was the artist, right? So we went to Marvel and said, we have this idea, we want to do this character, and Marvel had no interest in it. They, You know, it's like there is no, nobody wants to see some Asian guy doing kung fu. Um, and But we were hot, and we kind of pressed it, and so eventually they said, well, okay, you know, you can do your series, but in addition to what you want to do, we need to put some recognizable person in there. So how about Fu Manchu? Right. <laughs> and we said, well, we don't really see Fu Manchu as being part of this. And they go, yeah, but you have to have him if you, if you want to do this book. So that kind of modified the concept, and that's how he became the son of Fu Manchu, soon to be the son of the Mandarin. Um, and then they gave us a book, issue 16 of a book, which had been reprint for 15 issues. And it was like, they didn't believe in this at all. Right. Uh, and we did one or two issues, and then boom, the whole Kung Fu thing just exploded. Um, it became an international thing, not because of us, I hasten to say, but we were, <laughs> right. Right, but we were right on the cutting edge of it. Um, you know, our, our interest in it had, was justified, shall we say. So then, um, Marvel created Iron Fist, um, same people who had said there's no interest in any of this stuff, then created Iron Fist. Yeah, of course, they're all over the bandwagon now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then the the bi-monthly book became a monthly book, and then there was a black and white magazine, and then they wanted to do annuals and specials, 
and they wanted as much kung fu material as they could possibly get. And that wasn't what either Jim or I had signed up for. I mean, we had an idea of a more, um, again, a philosophical book with, you know, with a kind of long-term story. Nothing at all like what Doug Mensch and Paul Galassi later did, but that same kind of approach of having a long-term story. And it was impossible to do, you know, if you're trying to write three books at the same time, uh, you can't tell a, a story because things are out of order or they, you know, or, or whatever. So, you know, we both bailed. Starlin bailed after three issues, and I bailed after five color issues and two black and white issues. Um, and then Doug took it over, and, and again, in my opinion, I think he spent about a year trying to figure out what, what to do with this guy, and then he did figure it out. And then they had that fabulous run, you know, him and Galacy, him and Gene Day, you know, on and on. Uh, you know, the, the, the Doug Mensch era of, of Kung Fu is, is a great era of, of any comic, right? But in terms of, of, the, or of the origin of the whole thing, that's the story I just told. And, and then for years afterwards, they couldn't reprint it because they didn't have the rights to Fu Manchu anymore. Um, Brilliant move on their part, enforcing uh, forcing Fu Manchu into it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, again, Fu Manchu, he's either a racist stereotype or he's a great supervillain, you know, take pick. I, I understand why he's a racist stereotype. And at the same time, I think he's a great supervillain. So, um, uh, I, it wasn't, it didn't fit with what I wanted to do, but I didn't mind trying to write a little bit of Fu Manchu. But the point is, yeah, they had to write, they had to lease it, and then they let the lease go, and then they couldn't reprint it. And, right. and, and it was only, you know, I mean, I think it's probably sort of cause and effect, but I think when they saw how well Black Panther, I don't know the time frame here, uh, they, I mean, before it came out, but I think probably when Black Panther was coming together and they saw that that was really good, um, and that a lot of, you know, there was, there was a lot of press from the, you know, from the black press, whatever about, about having a black superhero. I think they started to think about the Asian market and what could we do? And, and by this time, Iron Fist had flamed out pretty good in everybody's opinions. I thought when they did the Iron Fist TV show, by the way, I thought, well, now we'll never see Shang-Chi because <laughs> they've just killed Kung Fu. So, you know, that's not going to happen. But I think they, you know, they saw, okay, here's a way we could get back into that realm um, with a, you know, with a different, hopefully better character. Um, uh, And then they reprinted, then they were, then they bought the rights back to Fu Manchu long enough to reprint all that stuff. And that was the beginning of kind of laying the groundwork for bringing Kung Fu back altogether. So a lot of a lot, they're just a lot of moving parts and things fell the way they fell and all that. But it was it was basically just Jim and me wanted to do, you know, wanted to do something um, like that, philosophical on my part and and whatever on his part. We weren't expecting to that the that that it would become an international sensation or any of that kind sure. of stuff. But um, but anyway, I'm glad that Iron Fist didn't kill. <laughs> kung fu genre for for marvel and and they are i mean they again i'm impressed with the fact that they'll sort of if they i mean the eternals they they're not just looking at doing captain america all the time 
Right. But anyway, so I've been over that part about whether that's whether they're doing it uh, right or not. But yeah. yeah go ahead. I mean, I look at it this way. Marvel has earned the trust right now. Uh, Kevin yeah. has anyway, that if they're doing something, there's a reason they're doing it. And because there, how many of the films do you really look at and go, oh, my God, I can't believe they did. That. Really, there aren't too many. No. 24 movies that you could sit there and moan at. Right. You know, so I, I, I put blind faith in them a little bit until they start blowing it. <laughs> so. Well, and, I, and again, I mean, you <clears throat> across town, Sony managed to they you know, they managed to make the X-Men work until all of a sudden it didn't work anymore. Right. With this just one. But they never quite got Spider-Man down. You know, I mean, so it isn't like anybody can just roll out there and do this stuff. And so it is it is continually impressive that Kevin Feige does it just fine. I understand now that he's going to be in charge of the of the printed comics too, which I don't quite understand where he's going to get all the time for that. But that I think it's uh, more about people reporting to him than him taking a super hands on approach. Because how on earth he's also talking about producing a Star Wars movie, so yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and the TV yeah. stuff, and and so you would imagine that they have the um, executives in place, and that they'll be reporting to Kevin now as opposed to reporting to Ike. What's his face? Uh, or somebody. So, uh, yeah, you know, who knows? Voices from Krypton will be right back with the continuation of our interview with Shang-Chi creator, Steve Englehart. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now, first of all, did you, re- when you saw the success that, that Master of Kung Fu became, did you regret stepping away or sort of it wasn't the character you wanted to do in that way, so it was okay stepping away? Yeah, somewhere in between. I mean, I no, I I totally as I as I said already. I thought that Doug Manchi era was a great was a great right. run. Um, so, I you know, and and I left because I had a vision of what I wanted to do and I couldn't do it. So I didn't do it. You know, I mean, it wasn't like, um, oh, I really want to keep going, but I don't have the time or something like that. That was, you know, and, and I would assume I, I assume I would be saying the same thing for Jim, you know, but it was like we had an idea and it wasn't going to be that idea, right. you know, then that was disappointing. But, you know, it was a conscious decision on both our parts to say, yeah, no, we created it. We're only a few issues into it, but we're we're gonna bail at this point and i you know i i'm old school i mean i i wrote you know captain america avengers green lantern whatever for years at a time i'm i'm not into like doing six issues in a graphic collection and then going home um so i don't usually leave series very early on 
Right. But that was that just seemed like the right thing to do at that time, and I no, I don't regret it. Okay, fair enough. As far as being a as a character, Shang Chi. I mean, obviously, we've talked about the origins and and what your intent was, but in terms of as a human being, how do you view this character? He's he's profoundly ignorant in a sense. I mean, he was raised in a bubble. Um, and I, I think that they're, again, from what I hear, they're, they're staying pretty close to this in the, in the movie, but I can, but I can only speak to the comic. Um, you know, he was raised in a bubble. He was raised to believe that, you know, his father, Fu Manchu was a great man doing great international things, which he didn't really understand, but didn't have to understand. And then he suddenly discovered that this was, none of this was true. And that got him booted out into the real world. So he's, you know, sort of profoundly shaken to the core. Uh, you know, everything you know is wrong uh, kind of thing. And now he's trying to make his way in a world which he was always taught was a, was a terrible world not to be messed with. Dealing with people who are, you know, not like the people he's known all his life. Um, and yet he has this innate desire to be on the side of good, you know, to do the right thing. Um, and that includes, I mean, that now definitely includes finding out what his father is up to and, and, and standing up to it. Um, so he needs allies amongst this world that he doesn't understand. I mean, you know, so I, I, I really like the, the, the idea and then that was all going to be filtered through philosophy, right? I mean, the, the philosophy of all that stuff, um, but I think as a, as a character profoundly out of water, a fish profoundly out of water, learning to swim all over again, learning, learning an entire new universe that he didn't have any sense of and trying to come to grips still with the fact that he's been completely betrayed his entire life. That's a lot of stuff. That's a yeah. lot of good stuff to work with, you know? Absolutely. So now this is a fanboy question, and I don't care. I'm a fanboy. What can I tell you? Uh, <laughs> but when you consider the fact that this character is coming to the big screen uh, as a big as a big multi million dollar movie, as the creator of the character or the co creator of the character, what's your feeling about that? I don't know if it's sort of passe to you at this point, or if there's excitement there. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, uh, when they do movies that involve characters that I am associated with, I get invited to the Hollywood premiere. Um, and, you know, my wife and I go down to L.A. and we have a good time. And then we go to the theater and they've blocked off all of Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, and they have red carpets out, and we walk in on the red carpet on the on the other side from the stars. There's you know they split the red carpet down the middle, um, and the stars are out there talking to the to the the, the short redheaded girl <laughs> who does all the interviews. <laughs> right. uh, and um, uh, you know we walk where we where we're unseen, but I mean we we go in on the red carpet. We go in. You get free popcorn and coke. Uh, you get to sit in the fabulous Kodak theater, you know, they do, I mean, it just, it's, it's a whole Hollywood premiere kind of thing. And the first time I did it, I was like, wow, you know, about the fifth time I did it, it's like, oh yeah, 
Gotta go walk <laughs> on the red carpet again, you know? Um, Next time it'll be, how can I avoid the red carpet? But go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's kind of that thing. You you know, it's, it's, it's interesting and at first, and then it becomes routine in a sense. I mean, I, 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 I don't, you know, I mean, what can I say? So, yeah, the fact that they're making a movie out of a character I created, that is probably less mind-blowing to me than when I heard about Star-Lord. You know, when I yeah. heard about Star-Lord, my mind was blown yeah. for a number of reasons. Um, uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, I do think that they'd make good movies. I do think that this will probably be a good movie because of that, you know. So it's a good movie. So that, that'll be fun to see. Um, and I long ago got over, um, you know, I mean, I don't sit there and go, well, that's not how my Captain America would, right. <laughs> would do. you know, I mean, it's like, no, I, I get it. That's your Captain America now. And you're doing what you're doing. Um, although in that case, it's pretty much my Captain America, but, um, uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with with shang chi and 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 you know so but in in terms of they announced that they're going to make a movie out of all this stuff i mean it's exactly what you said it's it's both exciting and and not passe but blase maybe mm-hmm. uh, um uh, you know i mean what five years ago where are we now five seven years ago i would never have believed any of this stuff would actually happen um and it's how long has it been since Iron Man? Is that ten years? Twelve now? years. Twelve years. Yeah, it was, right. It was two thousand eight. So yeah, twelve. Twelve years. All right. Well, whatever. You know. I mean, you know. I've said this before, but I mean, when we were doing comics, the idea that there would ever be a movie was just impossible. I mean, you know, it just they the, back in the seventies we had those two bad Captain America movies, Ooh. and we. Had, yeah. We had a mediocre Doctor Strange movie. It wasn't terrible. But, it, you know, I mean, it's like in those days, I've, I've been talking a lot about this with the Batman stuff recently, too. But, I mean, in those days, if you weren't in comics and you got handed an assignment to do something based on a comic book, you immediately started trying to protect yourself from the scorn of your fellows so that, <laughs> right. you know... You would you would not put your entire energy into it. You would try to make it funny because we all know comics are funny. That's right. uh, you would do all this stuff. You know, I mean, nobody who didn't do comics understood comics, um, and uh, you know that's that was where Batman changed things. Uh, but it just the idea that that there would be this entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, did you? It's it's not like anybody thought of that, except maybe Stan Lee, and then said that'll never happen. Nobody even thought of it. So um, I forget where we started on this. Probably about being blasé about the whole thing. <laughs> I think that's what started it. Yes, you know that you couldn't believe just, it. Yeah, back then. Yeah, it's just it's it's. I think there must be some proverb. I want to say Chinese proverb, but I don't actually know. But I mean, there must be something about. You know, it's not be careful what you wish for, but it's like at first it blows your mind and then you get and then it becomes routine, you know. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, although I have to say when it all ended and I'm not to harp on Endgame too much, but I will. My mind was still pretty blown (laughs) after all those movies, 20 something movies later. My mind was still pretty blown. So, 
Well, and I, you know, I was really impressed with that movie, among other things. I thought that the that the directing, I mean, to take that many moving pieces and fit it together yeah. as smoothly as they did, I I was super impressed with the with the craft involved. You know, the the ability to 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 shoot that story and 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 edit it into something that that made sense. And you know, and it never really dragged, and it never really felt like it forgot anything. No, uh, you know, I mean, so it's a whole new realm of appreciation that I get out of that too. I mean, seeing people make movies out of this stuff, um, comics have their own pacing or they did. I mean, things have changed, but, um, which is not the same pacing that you can do on screen. And so I, I did think in the early Marvel movies that they were having trouble sort of figuring out how to pace the things, but with Winter Soldier, yep. they figured that out. And, <laughs> and, sure and then it's been all, you know. I mean, so it's the same thing I said about Doug Mensch. You know, he had to take some time to figure out exactly what he was going to do. And then it was great, you know. And and so I saw that play out, I think, you know. I mean, Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin was not the most inspired uh, way to go with a, with a film ever. Um, but uh, by and large, I mean... They had their they had their growing pains and and then they got there, yeah. Um, and then and so I get to like see stuff that I used to live inside for a living. You know things that were you know I would I was creating the reality and 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 living the reality and and passing it out into the world. Um, it's interesting to see that stuff reimagined and not just reimagined but reconfigured for the new. For the for the different medium, those that's all esoteric stuff. But that's you know that's something I get out of it at least. Shang Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings may not be that familiar to you, but has Marvel really steered you wrong so far? In fact, its track record remains pretty astounding. In any case, we hope you'll check out our Vampires and Slayers and TV Retrovision podcasts, and be sure to subscribe to Voices from Krypton. Tell your friends about us and give us a five star review. 